Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin um, and before I introduce today's guest, I'd just like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. They are the traditional custodians of the land to which I'm coming from to, to you from today. And it's land where we happen to tell our story here at Brainwaves and land where stories we recognise have been told by the traditional owners for many, many years before us. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening in today. So last week in Australia was Homelessness Week, um, a week where we like to highlight the struggles that over 116,000 people in Australia can be experiencing um, homelessness at any given day. Now, homelessness can be anything from couch surfing to sleeping rough on our streets. And we often have many stereotypes about people who experience homelessness. So my hope for today is that today's show can highlight the barriers that people face uh, when experiencing homelessness and how difficult it really can be to get back into housing. So let's reduce some of that stigma that people face um, experiencing homelessness by breaking down some of the myths that have been caused by that stigma. So today on the show, um, we have a lovely gentleman named Ben who has kindly agreed to share his story with us um, and his experience of homelessness to help raise awareness. Um, thank you, Ben, so much for coming on Brainwaves today to share your story and a bit about your experience with homelessness. I really appreciate having you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here, to be honest. Awesome, awesome. Well, before we get started, um, maybe you could share with our listeners what your journey has been like with homelessness and maybe where it began? Well, um, I mean, this, this is a, a long, long journey that I've had, I guess. Um, originally, I was homeless at the age of 14. Um, uh, unfortunately, my mum had severe schizophrenia. Um, she was very violent, very erratic, very just all over the place. Um, much love to my mum, I must say. Um, you know, like I have, I've learned forgiveness over the journey, and I understand that people people find themselves in situations that is not always their own faults. You know, like um, we're, we're all held accountable for our own actions, aren't we? But Absolutely. in some cases, we're not always responsible <laughs> at the same yeah. time you know and um love's the strongest tool that we can have in life so yeah love and forgiveness is what what we should all be about i guess um so yeah i found myself there i was lucky enough you know at being younger i found that you know had, surrounded by many friends many people you know i i could always find a place to stay i always had somewhere to go um you know, so I guess I sort of just just lived in the party moment at the time when I was young to to go through that. That lasted until I was about twenty years old when I settled down with a girlfriend at the time. Um, 
you know, um, then most recently, I guess, uh, well, recently I was 39, so six years ago, um, I, I was living with a housemate that just, you know, what wasn't working out, wasn't happening. Um, I was in a pretty, pretty bad relationship at the time. Um, I guess we, we loved each other to the point that it was a destructive relationship <laughs> at the same time. Um, she, she had a lot of mental health issues. Um, she, she'd lived, you know, a very, very difficult life and um, much love to her as well. Um, mm. It was just one of those situations that sort of brought my mental health issues from when I was younger out, I guess. Um, not just that, but... Um, you know, everything around me was starting to fall down. My work fell down. My, you know, living with a housemate that really wasn't working out. Um, then trying to find a new place to live. Um, I, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the means. And oh. with my mental health, I just didn't have the support around me, I guess. Um, yeah. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who to turn to. Um, I applied for houses, but... At the time, I was a single male with a dog, and you, you know, not not putting the male side of it or female. It's you know, it's the same for everybody, I guess, in that aspect. But mm. um, I was basically bottom of the list there. So, you know, like I was in such a competitive field, such as the rental market. I was, you know, not considered as a number one client. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so that that just led to me being on the streets again, I guess. Um, mm. I, I did couch surf occasionally. Um, I live, live rough most of the time, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's, it sounds like there's more, you know, there's not just one thing, and I think that's often a misconception that people have. It's like just this one little thing that happens and then suddenly, you know, someone's yeah. experiencing homelessness. But from what you're saying, it's like you've had, you know, different things happen throughout your life and it's just been one thing after another, you know. And it sounds like trying to get housing once you're in that situation is not easy either. either. So, But I also have to say you have a beautiful, you know, sense of awareness with other people's experiences and forgiveness. That's a really beautiful thing. So yeah. that's um, wonderful. It's yeah. one thing I've learned in life, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's money in life, there's housing in life, but the most important thing that you can have, and unfortunately I don't have family, but, for anybody out there listening that does have family, they are the most important sort of support you can reach out to. Mm. It should be unconditional, you know. It should yeah. be your friends, your family. They're the things that will pick you up at the end of the day when you're feeling down. They're the things that will – and your pets, obviously. <laughs> my, my I should never leave her out, but yeah. – uh, you know, oh no, that's that's really good advice. Absolutely. So you did say that you have experienced um, sleeping rough. Can you share a little bit about what that might be like for people who have no idea what it's like in that situation? It's awful, you know. Um, you've got you've got no outlets. You, you've got no, you know, even things that you, you think of social media or things like that. But how do you charge your phone up? Ah, yep. Your phone's dying. You, you've, you've got to find a place that's safe every night to sleep. You've, you've got to lug all your, your, your belongings around. I, I had heaps of things in storage as well, so I was continuously paying for storage. Oh, wow. Um, you know, um, 
so so that takes a lot of money away from you that you're trying to find a place to live it's like a quicksand you know like mm. you were saying the other day uh, sorry just before it's not just one thing that that leads to it mm. you find yourself in that quicksand that you lose one thing you lose another thing you lose everything and then once you're sleeping rough you can't just take take your mind off it by turning on the tv or speaking to a speaking to somebody or you know your phone might be dead for however long until you can find power you uh, haven't yep. got a tv you haven't got that then you've got to have internet yeah. You've got to and it's all basic needs, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. we often talk about, you know, what are our basic needs of food and shelter and, you know, love and support and all those things. I mean, how, how do you do that when you're sleeping rough? You know, how do you meet those needs of, you know, eating regularly, you know, sleeping, you know, having even basics like a shower? Like, how does that happen in that situation? Yeah, I mean, there are, there are places out there, um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> other there's a place in Ringwood you can go that I was going to for showers and things like that, even down to things like swimming pools, going to mm. local swimming pools, you know, you can have showers there. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my, my dog's just coming across into it now. <laughs> <laughs> she's going she's gonna, to yeah, she's gonna include herself in the conversation and yeah. so she should. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, you, know, you know, and showers can be the last thing on your mind because you're sitting there and a lot of friends turn their backs on you because mm. well in my books they're not really your friends are they when they turn their backs on you no. and they know you're in that situation but then there's the other side of you don't know who's your friend so you don't know who to reach out to when you mm. can reach out you know you don't know who's there's this there's the embarrassment of being in that situation and feeling ashamed because you know everybody feels like they've got to be their best selves and you've got to be this stand-ups you know citizen in society and you know you've got you, you're meant to just have a house you're meant to do yeah. these things but so so the reaching out you know like mm. you don't know and, who, who actually and- yeah, and I wonder then, you know, that sense of community, like we often talk about that as being really important. Another need that we have, is there that community on the streets? Like, do you find that, that, that there's a connection that, you know, everyone kind of sticks together or, or can it be touch and go there in that space as well? Yeah, yes and no, but, you know, it's, there is a community. There definitely is a community and some of the most beautiful people I've ever met mm. have been people that are homeless, some of the most giving, selfless people and smart as well, you know, like people people have this stigma about people that are out on the streets are very unintelligent, uh, you know, uh, this or that, uh, criminals or drug addicts or alcoholics or, you, you know, like I'm not going to say that there isn't drugs out there or there isn't mm. alcoholism or whatever out there, but a lot There's of- that in life as well. It's about making, yeah. not making those assumptions really, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. it. But- still I've met some of the most beautiful people some of you know that are willing to go as far as they possibly can for you you know when they're going through their own issues themselves they really do Mm. at the end of the day we're all human we're all you know experiencing similar things just in different ways and I think you know if we think about that and you know, mental health challenges and things like that. You know, we often hear that mental health challenges can lead to people experiencing homelessness. Yeah. But on the flip side, I often wonder, and I've heard this question asked before, like 
I, I can only imagine that being, you know, without a home and not having those needs met, that also would contribute to, you know, mental health challenges as well. And as you said, not having any outlets or ability to wind down and watch TV and, and all those things. So how do you look after your mental health when you're, when you're homeless? Um, the only thing I had that was going for me, I mean, I, I feel for a lot of people out there that don't, don't have the support, but I had my dog, Cammy. You know, and for me, she was my rock throughout. Oh. She was you, when I when I felt down, when I felt out, I, I knew that I couldn't. You know, it, it's like the boxers term. You know, when you get knocked down to your knee, you just got to get up and keep fighting sometimes, and not lay down and quit. And mm. for me, it was her. Um, some having the- having someone there, I think, too, knowing that you've got to look after her as well as much as she looks after you, probably helps too. Yeah, yeah. well, she she was broken when when I first got her. She was a very badly abused dog you know she was underweight she was missing patches of fair she was she was just broken and uh, and then the tables turned and I was the broken one in the end and you know I, I was the one that was needing that support needing that help and I've never, even when I was homeless at 14, I, I didn't need that help then, you know. As mm. a young kid, you, you can shake everything off, you know. You're as, you're as, tough, as, you're as tough as houses. Kind That's of right, yep. But as you grow older, these things, you know, people around you, they get married, they have kids, they have their life becomes a hustle and bustle for everybody. And if you find yourself in that situation, you find yourself, like, like you've been left behind, like, mm. you know, like you have got nobody to turn to because everybody has their own busy lives or nobody mm. wants to know about you because you're homeless. And, mm. yeah, well, I'm glad you and Cammy have each other. I think that's that's yeah. really beautiful. And what is it like having an animal walk companion on the street? Like how does it make it harder sometimes? Does it make it easier? I mean, you mentioned showers and things like that. Like how, how does that work? It does. It definitely does make it a lot harder in stages. It has its pros and cons, like everything in life. I mean, like showers and that. You don't want to leave your dog just tied up outside. You don't mm. you don't want to do all these things, you know. Like, I don't want to leave her unattended in case she gets stolen because she's my world. Of course, yeah. I'm a little girl, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. But being out on the streets, you know, like, like my girl is um, – She's actually a French Mastiff cross an Italian Mastiff, so she's big, big black dog. <laughs> yeah, she, she's also the softest, biggest heart. <laughs> you know, like she she wouldn't hurt she wouldn't hurt a fly. She wouldn't. Does it help her. having her with interactions on on you know when people do speak to you? I know I've heard you know well, I've seen it also myself sadly where people can be quite rude sometimes to people who are homeless so yeah. does she help with those interactions yeah definitely definitely I mean a dog a dog is a massive icebreaker so, oh yeah. no, that's a good. lot of the interactions I'd have in a day basis would be say going to Coles to get something to eat or and being you know tying her up out the front and people coming out and going oh beautiful dog I love it <laughs> you know and talking and then I'd talk their ear off for another hour oh awesome awesome and on 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 that that leads me to a a really important question that I think is is really is yeah we need to talk about is how should people treat people if they see them you know how do you want to be treated what interactions do you want to have with people who might recognize that you might be you know homeless or anyone else yeah like acknowledgement not not everybody's got the time not everybody's got you know the means but everybody has got a heart Everybody, everybody can understand that, you know, if you stop and think about it and 
not just get set in the one way is everybody can understand that this, this is an issue that can affect anybody anyone that's right anybody that's out there it's not yeah. just it's not just a, the lowest of the low class it, it's everybody i mm. beforehand i owned my own house i you know i ran my own business owned my own house and one thing led to the other and it snowballed and once you find yourself on the bottom get, getting yourself out of that is some of the hardest things you've ever got well, to that's do. it how do you access services when you don't have a fixed address i mean that's really? difficult in itself yeah i mean places like centrelink hassle you about that um everybody you can't making that first step forward of actually feeling like you're moving forward is, is impossible is mm. you know the, you, you don't even feel like you're part of society you feel as COVID goes on, you know, like every day you feel like you're in lockdown, whether COVID exists or not. You mm. are in social distancing because nobody wants of to course. nobody wants to acknowledge you or see you. But that person that you might walk past on the street is could be one of the best, most beautiful people that you'll ever meet in your life. You know, they mm. they can turn your life around in a moment. Mm. And it also takes five seconds to just stop and have a conversation. You know, like. I think that's really important and that comes back to that feeling of connection and support and all these things that are basic needs I mean if people are avoiding you then that's not going to feel very great at the end of the day so yeah I think it's no, that, yeah that's a problem. I mean, yeah that, you, you sit alone some nights I slept in a tent so, you know weekends when they when the trains were running 24 hours I'd just jump on a train and mm. just ride a train around everywhere I could or and that's safety too I mean that's yeah. I imagine that would be an issue as well as finding yeah. somewhere safe I mean it was very social for me as well having a dog being on a train you know you get a lot of drunken people going out to <laughs> nightclubs or coming home that, that would want to take photos with my dog <laughs> and pat my dog and and it added that social aspect of talking to people which yeah you know, little conversations in a day can just turn you around. As yeah, well. yeah. And I think that's the same for everyone, no matter where you are. So, of course, that's important. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, you've said that you've, you've had your own house, you've had your job, you've, you know, you've lived either side of, um, you know, having a home and not having a home. Um, what do you think services need to be improving on when it comes to say support outside of housing I feel like we always have a big focus on housing what are some of the other supports that can kind of help people sustain a home once they do get one um, education I mean and and just um sometimes for me as well being, having severe anxiety once once you fall behind with bills and things like that it becomes that embarrassment of not wanting to make that phone call, even though even though you could sort things out on that phone call, not wanting to do it because of that embarrassment and yeah. that fear of the unknown, I guess. Of, so you try and shy away from things like that. You know, people try and shy away where if they had help for that, you know, even just people helping them make the phone calls and doing things like that, it could be it could be turned around quite easily for mm. people. But so there's more to it, isn't there? It's not just we're not just looking at housing, we're looking at support for the individuals. In the same way that you would get support if you were struggling with mental health or any other challenges and you did have a home. You know, those supports really should be available for people regardless of whether you have that fixed address. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, people people need help sometimes, you know. Yeah. We're, not, we're not all bill savvy, tech savvy. <laughs> We're not all we're not all given that 
education. I mean, I've never had an education, really. I'm lucky if I've got a year nine pass at school. (laughs) I've just, I've built my whole education off people, people that have been around me, people that I've seen and met and that, that whole empathy and getting to learn from others, you know. Social expert, that's what they call that, someone who's had a lot of their learning in the social world, you know. I think that's just as important, that lived experience, as, you know, whether or not you've sat down in a classroom or not. So, And I can hear that from the way you talk about your mum and, you know, previous experiences that you've had. You know, you've got a lot of hope and joy in your heart and that's that's a really, you know, beautiful thing to see. Yeah. yeah. People should be understood, not just not just judged. You know. Oh, they, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody should judge anybody. They should. They if you if you want to judge a person, understand their their entire aspects first, and even then, judgment is you know. It's not Doesn't help anyone, does it? No. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So, Ben, has homelessness changed your worldview? Do you think? And if so, how? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, it, it's given me more empathy, uh-huh. which is a very powerful tool, but can actually be a very, very weak kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, a weakness in a person because it can be used against you. But it's given me a lot more understanding and a lot more empathy and and to see, you know, some, some of society's so-called worst of the worst, you know, uh, I've been around and... They're not the worst of the worst. No. Misjudged or undereducated. And some of them, like I said earlier, they'll give you the shirts off their backs to, to you know, to mm. help you to do something for you. If they see you down when, you know, when I first become homeless, it wasn't all the people that were all working full time or running their own businesses or people that I've been around that come to me. It was all the people that were on the lower end of the scale, you might say, that that all come and banded around me at first and said, you know, hey, are you okay? What's going on? And mm. they, they showed me what true friendship was. It showed me, you know, it taught me, don't judge, don't judge people and don't, don't sit there and think you're better than anybody else because, you know, you, you fall off that ladder quicker than <laughs> quicker yep. than you climb up it, I'll guarantee you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh. Yeah, no, that's that's really important. And yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I think judgment doesn't help anyone. It'd be really good if we could break down some of that stigma around, you know, what what constitutes being homeless. I think that's, you know, it's not a lot of those myths are not true. As you said, you know, you've all these people are beautiful people. They and I've you know heard of people who've been in experiences where like you, they've lost their job, they've lost their house, and then it's that struggle of getting back into the system. I think that's one of the biggest barriers um, as well. So thank you so much for sharing a lot of your own experiences and, and your thoughts and feelings as well. Now I'm going to um, pose a question to, to the beautiful Haley, who's with us here as well from Wellways. Now um, Haley is uh, our spe- a specialist housing worker and part of the Wellways housing program in the Central Highlands region. Haley, thank you so much for being here as well today and also thank you for organizing the interview with Ben as well that was something that was really really nice for you to do as well whilst I have whilst I have you here today can you tell our listeners a bit about Wellways approach to delivering housing services and the programs that we have on offer yeah absolutely so I think our overarching framework that kind of guides our programs is housing first So the idea that if you can support someone to try and find a home first, 
then they have the the safety and the space to be able to recover and heal and build a life that they want to live. Um, So our housing principles of choice, sustainability and social connectedness really kind of guide and inform how we deliver our housing services and programs across the organisation. Um, they really they represent the housing first approach and allow the person not just to be at the centre of their housing pathway, but to actually direct their housing pathway. So they get to choose and they get to have that choice and control over their housing pathway. Um, I suppose our approach to delivering services really kind of focuses on what you kind of touched on earlier, but really focuses on housing and recovery. Like you, you kind of, you can't sustain one without the other. So we, um, yeah, we focus our kind of lens, how we deliver our services with those two in mind. That sounds great. Thank you. That's, I think that's really good. And I think that's exactly what I was talking about. You know, you've, you've mm-hmm. coined it with that term recovery. I think it's so important because um, I have heard stories where people have been in a situation where they've, yeah, they've got their house and that's fantastic, but they haven't been able to keep it because they do need those extra supports um, to sustain that. And some of those supports would have been helpful in, you know, keeping the house before they became homeless as well. So having that support there is really good. Um, now, before we wrap up today, what is some advice, Ben and Haley? perhaps you can answer this yourself as well, coming from, you know, a program perspective, but what is some advice you'd give to people who are currently experiencing homelessness and maybe for the first time? Ben, did you want to go first there? Yeah, um, for the first time, look, um, I won't sugarcoat it and say it's not one of the toughest things you, you'll have to do in life, but... For one, contact a company like Wellways. Get get in, get involved. Don't don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Don't because that's only going to lead to long longer being out in this situation. You know, um, contact somebody like Wellways because I, I was homeless for six years, and until I contacted Wellways, I was, you know. I was living day to day, depressed, not knowing, not knowing anything. And they, they gave me hope. They gave me a lot of, lot more than, you know, anybody else had at that stage. Um, don't, don't be afraid to contact somebody. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody because it's what you need. It's what you need. And, you know. No, that's good advice. And I think a lot of people don't realise that they can just pick up the phone and contact, you know, organisations like ours, like Wellways. Um, so that's really good advice. Yeah. And Hayley, what would what would your advice be for someone who's currently experiencing homelessness? Well, I think I've got, like, I can't really speak to that. Though I don't have that experience. But I suppose coming from a, a, a program perspective, what I would advise workers coming, um, work, work delivering services to people first experiencing homelessness. And it's kind of building on what Ben was saying earlier. But really listen, like really talk, take the time to connect with a person and allow them to be that the expert in their own life like it's all very well that I could assume that you know Ben needs to do x y and z in his life to be able to move on but that that's my opinion that's not going to serve Ben Ben needs to identify what his needs are and how we can support him to 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 achieve that so we've really got to allow the person to be that the expert in expert. their own life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, that's great. Thank you both so much for coming on to Brainwaves today and sharing both of your knowledge and Ben, your amazing expert experience um, in your own situation um, and what it's like to be on the streets. And I understand that you're in, at the moment, you're in some housing at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in temporary housing at the moment. I've, I've got this for 18 months. Um, uh, to be honest, it might be 18 months, but it's still a fear of the unknown. What of goes course. Beyond yep. that. Um, yeah. So at the moment, I'm very grateful and making the most of it and trying to trying to move myself forward. And as what was talked about, recovery is mm -hmm. an important part of it. You don't realise how much it does take out of you just living that, that hard life, you know, being out on the streets every day and, and living the elements, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank thank you so much for sharing. And I have no doubt that, um, you know, your story could very well resonate with some of our listeners and, and also maybe open the eyes to those who might have some of those misconceptions surrounding uh, homelessness and what it's like. And I wish you all the best for you and Cammie um, and give her a big cuddle for me. And thank you both for coming and talking with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Ben, for coming on the show today and bravely sharing your story. The work you are doing is amazing and no doubt is helping to raise awareness and lower stigma uh, for people that are experiencing homelessness. Also, I'd like to thank you, Hayley, for helping me to organise today's show and helping us to have a better understanding of some of the supports that Wellways is currently providing to combat this issue. I hope that everyone has enjoyed today's show. Um, you can find more of our shows on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au or on Spotify or wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcast. If you have a story to share with us or you'd like to send us some feedback or suggestions for future shows, please know we'd love to hear from you and you can email us at brainwaves at Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great day and stay safe and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.